0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Impact of podcast. This is the Inspire podcast, and I am thrilled to be with you here today. I think you'll be uh, really, really blessed and excited and inspired uh, by the guests that we have today. Um, so let me, without further ado, introduce Tima Katsula Kekela, who is the founder and CEO of Zuri Nutrition. Um, and she is with me here today, um, and she's going to share some wonderful insights about her journey. Uh, Dee, good morning to you. How are you doing this morning?
1: Good morning, Tapa. Um, I'm great. Just really excited to have this conversation with you today. Um, So yeah, I can't wait to get going. How are you? I'm
0: great, thank you. Can't complain at all. Great. So Dee, we're going to get started uh, just to get to know you a little bit better. I think a lot of people, um, you know, don't probably know a little bit about you. And you know, I've obviously seen you in, in, in social media. I've interacted with you in business, but you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, in terms of who you
1: are and, and, and where did you grow up? Well, um, my story is a little bit colourful. Um, I am a girl from the rurals originally. <laughs> um, so I was born in a town called Kwakwa, which is in the Free State. Um, where I was born to my parents, I was the only child at that point. Um, looking for a greater future, I guess we moved to Bloemfontein and later on moved to Clagstop, where I'm at now. Um, so I I grew up watching my my mother, who's very like hardworking, um, and my dad was always an entrepreneur. There was always something that he was doing apart from. Um, his full-time work, which he did working for government. Um, So I've always known from a very young age um, that I also want to create something of my own, Um, go into business and all of that. But it was just also um, not knowing which direction or which uh, industry I would land in. Um, Later on, my little sister was born. We were a family of four, Um, still here in Clarksdale. Um, and that's when I also just discovered my love for media, um, media, marketing, literature. Um, but I still had this passion for health and fitness because, um, one thing that's funny that I don't really talk about, like both my parents are really athletic. (laughs) So (laughs) staying fit and athletic and, and eating well was always part of our lifestyle at home. Um, so keeping that in the back of my mind and not really um, addressing that, I focused on creating a career in media and advertising. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how I ended up in Joburg. I worked in advertising. And then I also worked in marketing for aviation companies while I was there. But Mm -hmm. while doing that, that's when I, something just clicked in my mind. Like, what about your love? Like, why are you not fulfilled um, at this point? And what about your love for um, fitness and nutrition and while I was still working I then decided to enroll at HFPA and then I studied exercise science I started my studies into nutrition and then a couple of years later here I am no more in aviation no more in advertising and making pills for people (laughs) such a such a fascinating story and I I I can't
0: wait to dive into it and, and and really you know understand the lessons that you've gleaned from that as well um, and i think that'll be really really impactful for anybody who is you know listening and engaging with with this episode so t- tell us a little bit about your study choices right i think you touched on it slightly um mm-hmm. but I-, I know you you did study at the university of advanced as well as at vegas school as well um, but tell us a little bit about the inception in terms of what really led to your study choices what what was the sort of thinking behind it and how does it feed into you know, where you are currently today?
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So with uh, my studies, my undergrad, um, I went to University of Wits to study a BA in media drama and film. Um, So (laughs) it's really interesting because in high school, um, I was always the English teacher's favorite um, because I was always into literature, I loved speaking in front of people. Yeah. I was always very animated. So a lot of my teachers thought you should go and be an actress, you know. But I was like, I don't I don't really want to be an actress. I think there are other things that I could do a little bit more. And that's when um I was steered towards maybe looking into media, you know, Um, maybe not being an actress, but maybe you could be a broadcast journalist or something like that. So I wasn't really, it wasn't really driven by passion why I went and I did media drama and film, but that's how I I got there. Um, And also one thing that's quite funny was that I actually, at some point contemplated the whole studying drama and, and being, um, an actress but uh-huh. somebody then told me it's really just very difficult to you know make a living with, <laughs> make a living with that career choice that I decided let me go for the safer route. um so that's how I ended up <laughs> at this um which I really enjoyed I think I got a lot more out of it than I expected um And as soon as I finished my undergrad, thinking that I would go into maybe working for a news publication, I then bumped into someone else um, who really created an impact in my life um, and um, had a discussion with me about the power of branding. And back then, branding wasn't so well known and wasn't so understood. And so I thought this was really interesting. You could actually take your creativity um, and your knowledge of, of of business and media and actually help to grow business, create um, things that can actually impact the world, just from an understanding of a brand pers- uh, perspective, you know. Yeah. And then so went back home. My parents thought they were done, you know, paying for these hefty university fees. And I said, guys. <laughs> I want to do a, an honours degree in branding. Um, and that's how I ended up at Vitz. I mean, at Vega. Yeah. Um, and, like, um, both experiences were very, very different. I think Vitz was very um, technical, critical thinking. And Vega was very much tapping into creativity and and, you know, how to resonate with people and how to, you know, build something outside of just building a product, but something that can impact and uh, resonate with people as well. So both of my studies just sort of like went in together um, really wonderfully. Um, After that, like I mentioned, when I was um, working in aviation, I was at Comair at the time um, doing brand management. um, And I realized I probably would enjoy doing brand management Um, somewhere in the health and fitness um, sector. Yeah. And so um, as a hobby, I signed up with HFPA, which is a a health and fitness um, academy. They have a campus in Rivonia in Johannesburg, which is where I studied uh, exercise science. Um, And then from there, I also did a course in nutrition. Um, quickly, after being uh, qualified as a fitness trainer, I then quit my job, mm-hmm. being the risk taker that I am, <laughs> to, try and start, to try and start a fitness business, which failed dismally.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> which failed dismally, and that's how I actually ended up coming back to Clarkson to do um, a whole other project while here, which mm-hmm. also failed. Um, But even then, when that happens, that's when I actually had to sit down and look back at all the the qualifications and experiences that I had. And how can I now build towards my future, sitting at a place where I failed so much. um, And that's how I created Zoo Nutrition. And before I did that, I studied yet again, um, (laughs) a diploma in nutrition, therapeutics and health. Um, to help me, you know, be better equipped to formulate these products that I'm selling out there to the world.
0: Okay, that, yeah, a that long, really it. inspirational journey. I think, and I think there's something to talk to about how you persevered even through, you know, different failures, different, you know, obstacles and challenges. And I think we, we will get to to some of that, you know, in the ensuing. But before we get even more serious, let's let's take a step back a little bit. Tell us, you know, when you're not building zero nutrition, what do you do for fun? I don't have much fun. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be something. There has to be something that you
1: have Um you know, what do I do for fun? Okay, let me just say the past couple of, of months, I haven't had much time to do the things that I that I enjoy. I mm-hmm. think it's just because um I'm focusing so much on scaling up. That every bit of free time I have, I'm trying to work towards maybe something I didn't touch on during the week. But um, my family, my family and I are very, very close. Um, so they, if I'm not busy with zoo nutrition, the one thing I want to do is definitely make time for them, um, hanging out with them, maybe going out, lunches and things like that, or hang out with uh, a couple of my friends. But one thing that I do to de-stress is that I do love to train. Um, it makes sense obviously with my background so working out um listening to podcasts like yours uh, but <laughs> I'm pretty boring um, at this point no that's
0: great and I think that that is the reality right of, of building of building something special it, it's really it, it that is the harsh reality of it is that it does it does take um you know quite a lot of time but also I think it's really good that you do find some pockets of time to do the things that you, that do at least de-stress you and, and and all of that and some of the things that you know you do enjoy will come with time as well so i think it's, it's actually certainly a reality of of building businesses that we need to definitely take into cognizance um so mm-hmm. then in terms of talking about beauty and, wellness, and i want to just touch on this you know a little bit i think we've already touched on the birth of, of zero nutrition but i'd like to to get your thoughts on why do you think there's there's such a drive to focus on, on beauty and wellness in today's world? And I, and I think this is something that I think has really started to, to take shape um, over the last few years, and there's a lot of focus on it. Why do you think it's important for us to focus on, on beauty and wellness in today's world?
1: Um. Okay, so why do I think um, beauty and wellness has seen some sort of like a boom um, in this day and age? Um. Definitely, I think before, if I were to start with the beauty side of things, um, the beauty industry, if we look back, right, um, from the mass audience perspective was how I engaged within this industry as as a consumer, you know, and basically being told um, this is how you look and this is what you use. So you look a certain way. Now, with um, technology having changed everything, I'm no longer a consumer. I'm now a producer as well, if I want, right? So, I'm a creator and a consumer. And so, what we found is that um, now a lot more people are engaging within the beauty industry. Um, Everybody knows, like, one or two people who owns, like, a a makeup brand, (laughs) you know? So... We're a lot more involved and we're a lot more as, as the, the creators of the content um, at this point in time. We are a lot more involved in deciding what we put out there, right? Um, so a lot more people are involved in the industry, which, which creates um, sort of also a bigger reach. Um, with regards to the beauty industry. And I think that's why it probably has seen a boom. But um, the beauty industry has always been uh, a big part of society for a long, long time. It's one industry that never, ever, ever dies. Um, It even survived COVID. So definitely, I think that's one of the things, the fact that um, how people engage with the industry has changed. The health factor, um, which I'll probably know a bit more because I'm within that industry. um, I think if we take it back to just the last couple of years, um, the COVID pandemic really, really hit us um, and put us all in a vulnerable place, right? Um, And I think because of that, we were all forced to sort of, become more aware of our health status, you know, and more aware of the way our lifestyles impact um, our quality of life um, and how vulnerable we are to certain illnesses and diseases. So I think that's why a lot more people are a bit more conscious um, about what they eat, where their food is sourced from, you know, uh, and things like that. And a wonderful, or it's wonderful for me, but an interesting fact is that I started doing nutrition during the COVID pandemic, mm-hmm. um, which is when most businesses were actually um, struggling yeah. and yeah, and dying out. And I think because of that, it was the time where we saw um, the supplement boom. And that's because at that point, like I said, the the vulnerability and all of that really um, added to people's fear um, yeah. and 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 wanting to take control of their health. So I think definitely that's. Um, That's why we're seeing a big boom with both. And we're also now seeing them come together with uh, businesses like mine, for example, where the health supplements are actually meant to help with the beauty side of things. I think customers are becoming a lot more aware, um, a lot more knowledgeable about um, supplementation and things like that. And that's what's fueling the, the growth within the industries.
0: Absolutely, and, and I think it's quite profound what you're saying. Um, I think there has been that massive shift, and the COVID pandemic did have a massive effect on that. Uh, I think with with that focus comes a risk of of, of comparing some uh, myself to somebody else in terms of you know beauty and wellness. Um, you know, particularly in today's age of social media you know, where where that's sort of portrayed and people sort of portray their wellness journey or their beauty journey. And, you know, I myself obviously then, you know, will compare myself to that. And I'm quite curious to get your thoughts on how does one overcome that, right? That spirit of comparison, you know, of one's beauty and one's, because it's actually supposed to be about yourself, right? It's supposed to Mm -hmm. be personal journey. It's supposed to be, and if somebody shares their personal journey, it's meant to inspire you and not actually to discourage you you know, in a a form form of comparison, but I'm quite curious how you think, you know, one should overcome that, that that spirit of comparison.
1: Oh, the spirit of comparison. Yeah, uh, I think that's a very good question. Um, And how to overcome that. Uh, One thing I will say is, um, and it touches on what I spoke about before that within the beauty industry, we're no longer consumers, we're producers. And there's like a danger in that, right? So I think um, with regard to social media, one thing people should do um, is to try to always remember that it's all curated, right? So we all put um, the best parts of our lives on, on social media, which is one thing, right? Um, so it cannot be taken at face value and also your health journey and your, your fitness and beauty journey is really something that is personalized. I I would say, like I always say, you're at your most beautiful when you're at your healthiest and beauty looks different and beauty is appreciated by the fact that we are all different. Um, and so one thing I would say is to always keep that in the back of your mind um, particularly with the wellness part of things, um, I know it is, uh, very, um, it's well known that like creating uh, inspirational content for weight loss journeys, for example, uh, on social media, um, does good for other people. Yes. However, we've seen now, um. Uh, a proliferation of a self-appointed or self-made nutritionists, dietitians, and fitness trainers, where somebody can just type on their Instagram bio, this is who they are, and then they would feed the knowledge to people out there that is not um, really accurate. So then there's that, and people taking in information that is incorrect, um, because they're trying to follow on someone else's journey, what worked for them, and that might not work for for you as a person. But yeah. even more so, that could cause um, danger and harm. So don't compare. Um, Instagram and social media is is curated. Don't take advice from anyone <laughs> who's just a self-appointed, um, you know, nutritionist, beautician online. Yeah. You rather um, go within the real world if you if you really need to improve and consult people who are qualified within that space. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: No, thank you for that. I think really profound. I love when you said you know you have to be most beautiful when you're healthiest, and I think that's that's extremely profound. And so, the as, as a final question, um, you know we always ask our 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 guests this question, and and really it's about impact, right? So so tell us about how you make an
1: impact in your world, in short. In short. (laughs) Um, Okay, in short, I think um, this sort of shows itself uh, within my business, within my personal life and and all of that. I I really am all for women empowerment. Um, I am really passionate about that. I'm passionate about children. Um, And so with that being the case, I within my business, I create opportunities for um, young women who are out of work or maybe just finished graduating and can't find job opportunities. I give them a chance through my business to to take on practical learnings. And one thing that I also do is I, I really um, I take it over and above, um, you know, teaching somebody skill sets and all of that. But I'm always one to push uh, forward opportunities towards them because I really think I am doing good as a person if I can see how somebody's life has changed from the time that they've come in and they've left. And I've taken that spirit to, um, you know, using my company to create that space um, to also partnering with other organizations that believe in the same thing. Yeah. And so I work with a company called Virtual Internships. They're based in the UK and we run um, programs. Well, they run programs So I participate most of the time to um bring women back into the workplace and give them practical experience so that they can have the confidence to apply for jobs after having been out of the, the job market for a while. Um the you said shorts. It's hard to keep <laughs> <laughs> Well that's impact,
0: right? <laughs> if you've got a lot of impact, then there's a lot to say. Right? Ah,
1: it's it's not that it's a lot, but yeah. um definitely I think um the other thing with the with children, um, when I started my business I was obviously doing a lot of research into nutrition within the continent, and it really dawned on me, and it, it really shocked me how I wasn't aware, and I'm not alone. Well, I wasn't alone at the time, that South Africa still suffers a great deal from malnutrition and stunting um, for children under five, and so that's something that I really work towards. Um, the partnership that I have with the Lunchbox Fund. Making sure that I can at least do my bit, or my company can at least do um, our bit into helping them sort of fight this malnutrition crisis. And also, because it's such a passion for me to alleviate that, um, I am trying to steer my business to not only be a beauty nutrition business, but in the future, we need to also be creating therapeutics for children so that they don't suffer from this um, throughout the, the long-term aspect of their lives so that's how I try to make an impact okay and,
0: and you, in, certainly in short. <laughs> you certainly do and you certainly do Do I want to thank you for coming on to the impact podcast I want to thank you for the insights that you've shared I think people have, have definitely been inspired and, and, and definitely I think there's, there's a lot of lessons that you've learned um, along your journey and, and challenges that you've encountered. And I think so much stand out for me is, you know, pushing through, you know, different challenges that you've encountered, different mountains that you faced and climbing over them and going for it. You know, your perseverance and studying, um, you know, being really intentional about knowing what it is that you're talking about and knowing what it is that you do. I think it's something to be to be well respected. And I think your your views on on the importance of wellness, right? And and the foundation from which you're building your business from is, is certainly exceptional to see. And so I want to thank you for coming onto the podcast. I, I hope that you've enjoyed it and I hope it's been a reflective journey for you as well.
1: Thank you so much, Tafa I really appreciate your time as well.
0: Great. And to you, the listener. We want to thank you for listening and watching and engaging. And if you'd like to find out more uh, about the podcast, please head over to our website, which is impact-co.ca.ca or to our Instagram pages at underscore and uh, to find out more about us. And we'd love to hear from you and, and love to hear what you thought of the episode and love to hear your thoughts. So from Dee and myself, we want to say thank you and goodbye. Bye-bye.